Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. Stand up for your country. Got a really excellent program on the board. I hope I don't screw it up. Uh, I don't think I will. We got Senator Joseph Lieberman uh, in the bullpen. And after my analysis of Ukraine today, the latest in the State of the Union last night, he will weigh in. We want all sides heard here. As you know, the senator is a Democrat, but a very astute one and uh, very savvy about foreign affairs. And so we're looking forward to that uh, conversation. The State of the Union address is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. It ran an hour, two minutes. A CBS snap exit poll, which I'm kind of unreliable, said 41 percent thought it was a very positive speech. About 20 to 25 million Americans watched over all of the networks and cables. Might be more, but that's the initial. Uh, I thought it was a blast speech. It was tedious. I had a hard time uh, getting through it. Holly the terror dog was looking at me going, why are we watching this? Um, But it was important to watch. It was. The only two things that I picked up that I didn't know from the speech were that the USA was going to shut down airspace to Russian planes and that the Justice Department is forming a new, I don't know what it is, department to look into fraud over COVID. That means money that went out under the COVID relief plan that people stole. All right, that's fine. I mean, I hope they get people who did it. But that's it. Out of the whole hour and two minutes, those are the only two things I didn't know. Because what Joe Biden does is he falls back on repetitive. How many times are we going to hear fair share? Okay, we got it. (laughs) All right. How many times are we going to hear if you earn less than $400,000, you're not going to pay any more income tax? Okay, you're not going to get that bill passed, Mr. President. The bill back better? Not going to happen. Why are we here? Why are you telling us this? And then it was the usual, we're going to give you, we're going to give you, we're going to give you community college, health care, child care. Oh, it just, you know, I'm sitting there going, how many times? We got important things to talk about in this country. So the first thing was Ukraine. That's how he led it. I predicted this last night. He wouldn't. Anybody would have. This is a crisis, this Ukraine thing. Now, he has been pretty good on Ukraine, in my opinion. I did hash it out with Hannity today on Hannity's radio program. You know, Hannity doesn't think he's been that good. I think he's been better than Hannity does. And I gave Hannity my, uh, my list. And it was a good conversation, a spirited conversation. And I give Hannity credit for having me on because I disagree with him a lot. And uh, that's what we do here in the No Spin News. We want people to disagree with us. And that's what's happened on cable news. You don't get that anymore. All you do is echo chamber, echo chamber. It's so boring. Anyway, the first soundbite I want to uh, run for you tonight is the most important soundbite of the speech. Go. But let me be clear. Our forces are not engaged and will not engage in the conflict with Russian forces in Ukraine. Our forces are not going to Europe to fight Ukraine, but to defend our NATO allies in the event that Putin decides to keep moving west. For that purpose, we have mobilized American ground forces, air squadrons, 
ship deployments to protect NATO countries, including Poland, Romania, Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia. And as I've made crystal clear, the United States and our allies will defend every inch of territory that is NATO territory with the full force of our collective power. All right, so that's important because that tells Putin there will be a shooting war should you invade a NATO country. Remember, Ukraine is not a NATO country. It did not request admission to the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Its government chose to follow a, quote, middle-of-the-road path not to anger Putin further after he sees Crimea. Okay. Now, back home... Um, things were not as strong for Joe Biden. And the best soundbite, apart from uh, Biden's speech, was made by Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, who said this. Go. One thing that hasn't been talked about as much is that during this time of war, the United States is still importing more than half a million barrels per day of crude oil and other petroleum products from Russia, with imports up over 20 percent in 2021 over 2020. To me, it makes no sense at all. So that is a crucial piece of information. And President Biden did not mention it last night. Why are we still buying oil from Russia? Now, I suspect it's because the contracts had been signed way before the Ukrainian intrusion. However, you know Putin's a bad guy. And we're getting 7% of our oil. So the part of the conversation with Hannity was say was, how are we paying for this? And I did some research before I came on the air after I talked with him. We pay in advance. So if you sign oil contracts, you pay in advance. So all of, of Russia's banks are now shut down. And we don't, but the stuff that we're getting now is already paid for. It's complicated. And I think that's why Biden didn't mention it in addition to making him look bad because it's not smart and wasn't smart at all to buy Putin oil when you're shutting down your oil production in the USA. Okay. Now, the weakest part of Biden's speech last night was inflation. He is absolutely clueless on how to bring inflation down because he doesn't understand or won't admit one or the other that by attacking the oil and fossil fuel industry, fracking, in the USA, you drove the price of fuel up here, Mr. President. You, you, no one else, not Congress, you drove it up because they, again, have futures contracts. So all the oil and all the other fossil fuels went way up. That caused all the other prices to go up. So people in a truck are paying double that they paid for diesel. The, what's in the truck is going to go up the product, whether it's food or anything else, to cover the increase that you did. I mean, that's why inflation's up, but not to Biden. Biden says, well, I'm going to bring it down by somehow demanding American companies make products here in the USA. I don't know how that brings prices down. I guess it's something to do with the supply chain. Well, what is that? And then he says, here's his plan. Go. My plan to fight inflation 
will lower your cost and lower the deficit. 17 Nobel laureates in economics said my plan will ease long-term inflationary pressures. Top business leaders, and I believe most Americans support the plan. And here's the plan. First, cut the cost of prescription drugs. We pay more for the same drug produced by the same company in America than any other country in the world. Let's cut energy costs for families, an average of $500 a year by combating climate change. Let's provide an investment tax credit to weatherize your home and your business. All right, those tax credits are already in place. Did you know that? They're already there. So this is not going to do anything to inflation. Nothing. His plan. I mean, I'd like him to bring down prescription drug prices. That'd be great. The way to do that is to have Medicare negotiate with the individual drug firms. That's the way to do it. He's for that, Biden. And that's a good thing. But why haven't you done it so far? I don't know. Okay, the rest of it is the usual. He doesn't mention border chaos, migrants, doesn't mention it once. But he laments that there's heroin and fentanyl coming in, killing more than 100,000 Americans a year. Well, why do you think it's coming in at that volume? Record fentanyl seizures, and fentanyl is what kills most of the people. Why? Because it's an open border. That's why. Because the Border Patrol is so overwhelmed by the millions of migrants, they can't stop. The drugs, there's not enough of them down there. So here's Biden. Oh, I believe in rehab. I, I, hey, I believe in a secure border. and We don't have one. That was that was so bad. I can't even tell you how bad that was. OK, then he goes on to talk about, well, I want to fund the police. OK, good. I'm glad your progressive pals don't. And funding the police isn't going to do any good if we have no prosecution of criminals like we don't have in New York or Los Angeles or Chicago. Though you can give as much money as you want to the cops, but if the criminals aren't prosecuted, crime is going to keep going up. And the cops know it. How many, they, get a, they arrest them, they go in, they get booked, they're right back out on the street. Violent people. It's just insane. Nothing from Biden. Nothing. Then he uh, laments voter suppression. This is the biggest con in the world. Okay. He opposes voter identification. Biden. Arizona just passed a proposed proposal. Folks got to vote on it there. Okay. To require IDs to vote. Idaho just did it. 50 states should have it. You've got to prove who you are to vote. Biden opposes that. Why? How does that suppress anything? Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, 
and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Um, Okay, now I'm going to, was there anything else I missed? Let's see. Voter IDs, guns are, guns are bad, abortion's fine. Okay. Um, now, I predicted a bunch of stuff yesterday, and I was right on everything. <laughs> I'm an oracle. I miss Cleo. <laughs> but I'm going to just give you one. Roll the tape. In fact, our economy created over 6.5 million new jobs just last year. More jobs in one year than ever before in the history of the United States of America. And then he's going to say, and this is going to, you know, draw my ire and the ire of any fair-minded analyst. He's going to say the American economy is booming. It's because of me, Joe Biden. So he does this all the time, and he uses April 2020 baseline for his economic analysis. And that's when the country shut down because of COVID. And everybody was out of work. He'll take that employment number there, which is totally artificial. And that's exactly what he did. All right. Joining us now is a guy who's smarter than I am. I hate to admit it. Former Senator Joseph Lieberman is a Democrat uh, representing Connecticut. And he joins us from Riverdale, New York, north of Manhattan. So, number one, did I make any mistakes in my analysis there? Well, uh, uh, first off, great to be with you again, Bill. Secondly, um, uh, you said so many things that I have to pick them off one at a time. I found myself surprisingly <laughs> agreeing with you uh, on a lot of things, although I, I must say I come at this from a different perspective, which is I've been involved in a long-time battle between what you might call the center or center-left of the Democratic Party and the far-left. And uh, I think a big problem, simplistic explanation of Biden's problems in the first year plus of his administration, he's been doing too much of what the far left uh, has wanted him to do. So I took some hope last night. It was a a more center left address. Uh, Why? Because he did say, and uh, you shouldn't have to be grateful for something like this, but I am in the context of where we've been uh, fund the police, don't defund them. I agree with you. Uh, that's only the beginning. You got to have prosecutors, including ones elected in democratic cities, that, that want to really prosecute the criminal law, which incidentally, uh, uh, as far as I can tell, I haven't seen a poll. This is my own longtime experience. Uh, minority communities in the big cities want the law enforced because they suffer from criminal behavior. Um, more than um, uh, most other communities. The other thing is, again, might be a small step in the direction of progress. Uh, We didn't hear the words, build back better or Green New Deal. You're right on the domestic policy. Uh, We did hear a rehash of many of the uh, uh, promises that have been part of of those two uh, bills, big bills, 
Uh, I don't think there's any chance that any of that is going to pass uh, this year. Um, so uh, so uh, my, some encouragement for me that is heading back toward the center and really political judgment would say, uh, no matter what you feel, that that's what you ought to do. On Ukraine, uh, wait, I Wait, 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 don't you. get to Ukraine in a minute. We'll okay. get there because I want to uh, tap your, your foreign policy expertise. The biggest okay. issue in this country right now is inflation. It's hurting working Americans. It's hurting everybody in the sense that we're going to it's going to be another 50 to 75 cent raise on a gallon of gas before the 4th of July has to because the oil prices are are up over $100 a barrel. He didn't have anything last night, Senator. He had nothing about how to control inflation. Am I wrong? Well, certainly not. Uh, look, if he could uh, hold down a uh, uh, price of prescription drugs, that would be a help. Uh, but um, uh, on the question of energy, there really was uh, nothing there. Uh, there was why, a didn't, why didn't he that, say, why didn't he say, in your opinion, you're not a mind reader, but why didn't he say, uh, look, I'm going to ramp up domestic oil production. We're not going to sell any more oil. We're not going to buy any more oil from Russia and that I'm going to bring the prices down here at the gas pump by having more product available. Why wouldn't he say that? There's only one reason, Senator, but I'll let you tell us what the reason is. Well, I don't know. I presume. And again, I can't read his mind that uh, he's I'm I'm as focused as anybody on the problem of climate change and reducing. That's uh, what it is. He yeah, doesn't want to I go up against is. the green warriors, but right. that's going but, to doom the Democratic Party in November. Yeah, yeah because, you uh, you know, this is the goal we have. It's serious, but we got a real crisis now that's even more serious, and that is inflation, and it also is what to do about Russia. So I agree. I would have uh, much preferred if he had found a way to say we're going we're gonna to embargo Russian oil sales. I was going to call today. Uh, with uh, Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. Okay, Alaska is an oil-producing state, so you could say she's biased, but, you know, she's really uh, sharp and and, uh, an independent mind. And she said it just shocks her that uh, uh, we're buying 7% of our oil from Russia, giving Putin dollars with which that he can use to either keep his economy from uh, totally tanking, or to uh, send his military into Ukraine, when in Alaska they could supply that seven percent without a lot of a problem. So That's I wish, right. I and, wish he and, had and, done. And that. so it makes no sense. He's still captive to the Green Warriors and the far left. Now let me take you back to when you were in the Senate and Barack okay. Obama was president. So Putin came in and he grabbed Crimea, and um, um, Obama yelled at him for 90 minutes on a phone call, threatening all kinds of sanctions, and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Putin just shrugged it off. Nothing happened to Putin. Nothing. He just grabbed Crimea. Now, with Trump, Putin didn't misbehave to that extent. Yes, the Russian hackers caused trouble, but Putin and Trump had a deal, or so Trump told me on the history tour, you don't cause trouble for me, I'm not going to cause trouble for you, and we'll have trade and everything like that. But this Putin 
invasion today goes back to Crimea, does it not? Oh, it does for sure. And, uh, you know, this was no surprise. I mean, uh, Putin's been talking about the end of the Cold War, as you know, as one of the great historic uh, catastrophes of modern history, that the Soviet Union was collapsed. Uh, That was bad for the world, certainly bad for Russia. So he's talked about and particularly focused on Ukraine and Crimea, which he sees as part of Russia. And I'm not just talking about last week. Uh, He's done it uh, from way back in the first decade of this century. uh, And uh, he actually acted on it, of course, when he seized Crimea and part of eastern Ukraine. And uh, you're right, we yelled at him, we applied some sanctions, that hurt him for a little bit, but he allowed for it and went on. And then last summer, he wrote a long essay. Uh, Historians tell me it was just ridiculous, almost childish, but it was all about how Ukraine is really part of Russia. So you could see this this coming. You you know history, you know Hitler did the same thing in Austria and Czechoslovakia. It's the same mindset, that's what he's doing. But it doesn't help us now. So one of the things that Hannity and I debated was that some people uh, want a shoot war now. And I told Hannity, Americans would not support a shooting war, World War III, over Ukraine. I think Americans would support a shooting war, and let's all pray it doesn't happen, if Putin went into a NATO country. All right, if he went into Poland or the Baltic states, we would have to shoot at them. All right. The power of the United States and Europe would have to shoot bullets at Russians who would shoot back. Now, based on your expertise, do you think Putin's that insane to start that kind of a confrontation? I don't. And I don't because the countries you mentioned are members of NATO. And he knows that we've got a treaty obligation to defend an attack against one as, a, as if it was a, an attack against all. Look, in my opinion, and, and this, there's dissent about this, uh, we made a mistake, and the Ukrainians did, by not seeking NATO membership. Uh, because if they were in NATO today, no matter what Putin's fantasies were of reconstructing the Russian empire, he, he would not do what he's doing now because he doesn't want to engage us directly. I and mean, it's been amazing how... Uh, feckless and and, uh, ineffective his military has been so far, but they are very powerful. They've got the Ukrainians outgunned, and uh, we're going to be watching now something, unless he's suing for peace at some point. And and again, Putin just... I hope you're right that that he's not that crazy, but keep one thing in mind. Putin's finished. He's finished on the world stage. He'll be a villain forever. He's not going to be included in any of the civilized uh, G7s or any of that. He's done. And he might, so and I, his economy is done, too, if the sanctions, if they keep the sanctions in place. You can crush him. The Russian people are going to suffer grievously in the next few months. And they may overthrow this man, which is, I think, the hope of the West. Last word on it. No, I totally agree with you. Look, you want to end with a sort of a positive thought. Uh, I don't think people in America or Europe were particularly engaged with what Putin was saying about Ukraine. Uh, I don't think that if you asked them, do you think we should uh, oppose 
Putin and, and Ukraine, Russians, probably not. But once he did what he did, which was so brutal, and, it, and, it, and they really were inspired by the courage of the Ukrainian people in Europe and America, the reaction of the public, which is driving the politicians, has been, we can't let this happen. And in Germany particularly, I think they too see shadows of Hitler and they're it's not gonna let it happen right. again. But it's all and about that, And that's the good news. Yeah. That's the good no, news. We're, we're united we'll, here um, at, at this point. Bullets start flying, we'll see. But it's all about Putin now. Putin makes the play, but he's done. Hey, Senator, thanks very much. Uh, We always like having you on. You're very smart. You're very fair. And thanks again for helping us out. Thanks, Bill. You're doing a great job here. Keep, keep, uh, stay away from the echo chamber. No, we don't don't like the echo chamber at all. You do a great public service. Thank Thank you. you. God bless. See you soon. All right. So uh, in the United Nations, get a lot of mail. What's the United Nations doing? Remember, they have no enforcement capacity at all. They can't do anything. But they did have its first emergency session since 1997 to uh, vote on a resolution deploring Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Pretty easy. So that passed 141 to 5 with 35 abstentions. And it's interesting. So the five countries that voted against saying this is a deplorable situation are Belarus, controlled by Putin, North Korea, crazy country, Syria, okay, where Assad is being helped by Putin, Uh, Eritrea, Eritrea in Africa, totally chaotic, and Russia itself. But there were 35 countries who just didn't vote and led by China. So China issued a statement today saying, oh, you know, we're going to still trade with Russia, but I've reported, and I'm the only one who asked, that the big Chinese bank in Singapore has cut off all the oil transactions in Southeast Asia. Okay, that comes from Bloomberg, and we believe it is true. So China abstained, Cuba, El Salvador, oh boy, India, Iran, Iraq, Pakistan, South Africa, Vietnam, a whole bunch of other uh, countries that are, you know, smaller that abstained as well. But those are the main ones. So, you know, you look at these countries, South Africa, you don't, you don't think this is a deplorable act down there? What's the matter with you? All right. El Salvador? <laughs> to me, it's just mind boggling. All right. President Biden was off to Duluth, Minnesota to talk about building back better today. Total waste of time. He's just out there to show people that he's, uh, I guess, vibrant. I don't know. Total waste of time. All right. The reaction of, uh, to the State of the Union was predictable. I mean, here are the uh, left-wing propagandists. Go. First of all, I thought that was Joe Biden at his best. Uh, Uncle Joe is back. I thought he was, he was being uh, the leader. Listen, nobody believes in these American ideals more than Joe Biden. It's show tonight. Well, I think this is a, was a reminder of why people elected Joe Biden, right? Joe Biden was Joe Bidening for most of this, um, most of this speech. I mean, a, a really strong open. Well, the facts are that in one year, we have created over 6 million jobs. The fact is that we have grown the economy at a faster rate than has been grown in 40 years, I think, since the Reagan era. Um, those are the facts. And Stephanopoulos, I was on ABC's Good Morning America, just sits there, sits there, like one of Jeff Dunham's dummies. 
Oh, yeah. When she totally, you know, we, we played the soundbite before that I predicted they would do this. You know, their, their economic numbers are just, what's the word? Fictional. Fictional. All right. Now, I, you know me, I'm not a partisan guy, and I, I don't like to use uh, slams against anybody by partisans. I mean, if I'm going to slam them, I'll slam them, right? But Senator Ted Cruz, he said something that was smart last night. Go. Biden went through a litany of acknowledging some of the problems we face in this country, but utterly denying any responsibility, any culpability for it. So he acknowledged galloping inflation, but didn't say a word about the trillions in spending and trillions of debt he rammed through that caused that inflation. He acknowledged gas prices are skyrocketing, but didn't say a word about the war on domestic energy production that his administration led. He, he acknowledged the need to secure our southern border, but didn't say a word about the failure of his administration to enforce the laws leading to the highest rate of illegal immigration in 61 years. As a very smart soundbite, and he encapsulated Cruz did very well. So I thought you uh, would want to hear it. All right, Putin. So he's the richest man in the world, I think. I could be wrong, but I think he's the richest man in the world. And now he can't spend his money. Can't go anywhere. Can't do anything. So let me give you this and you can take it or leave it. So according to the New York Post, um, Putin's worth about $200 billion. You know, uh, I think he's worth far more than that. His salary is about $200,000 a year being president of Russia. But he's worth $200 billion because he gets kickbacks from all the oil sales, everything. You want to do business in Russia, you kick back to Putin. That's how it works. Okay, so where is all that money? And I think it's far more than $200 billion. Well, he's got it stashed in offshore tax havens and then he buys a lot of property outside of Russia, okay? And family members, he buys the property under their name. So it's not like Vlad Putin owns this. According to uh, the Organized Crime Reporting Project, Putin has eight residences, eight, all right? So he's got a place in Moscow. He's got a $1 billion compound a billion-dollar compound on the Black Sea. It's called Putin's Palace. Inside the compound, a spa, a movie theater, a tea house, a wine cellar, a casino, a hookah lounge, a pole dancing disco, a helipad, a hockey rink, a church. <laughs> you go right from the pole dancing disco to the church, very convenient. Um, swimming pool, gym, uh, judo mat, exercise equipment, on and on and on, okay? So this is according to the New York Post. They apparently know what's in Putin's palace. He's got a yacht worth $100 million, 270 feet long, called Graceful. So where is that yacht? I don't know. This is according to Boat International. 
but a lot of the oligarchs in Russia are moving their yachts to the Maldives in the Indian Ocean off the coast of India. Okay, they get them out of the Mediterranean because they know they're going to be seized and they're going down into the Indian Ocean. So you would assume that the graceful is down there. So the sanctions against Putin and his gangster friends will hurt them. Now, I don't know. Nobody can predict if it's enough to make this man stop the madness. But he is a very, very, I think, the richest man in the world. He's got a $4 million apartment in Monaco. That's Monte Carlo. And that is a tax haven. His mistress owns that apartment. But Putin can't go to Monaco anymore. He can't dock his yacht there anymore. All right. So Putin's a war criminal, and now the International Court of Justice are going to hold public hearings on allegations of genocide in Ukraine. There's no doubt he's a war criminal. He's war machine and killing women and children. I mean, you know. But the problem here is if you designate Putin a war criminal, then he's got no incentive to stop the war. So think about that. Now, the Hague in the Netherlands is where those trials take place, those war criminal trials. So don't expect to think, hear a lot about this. Russian economy, the ruble's worth one penny now. Stock market closed for the third day in a row. The movie The Batman not going to play in Russia. Green Day canceled its concert there. So now the uh, Russian people aren't going to have any entertainment catastrophe. Bill Gates, let's get back uh, to a non-Ukraine or State of the Union story. Donating $1 million to Math is Racist, okay? So an organization called the Pathway to Equitable Instruction says that math, two and two is four, four and four is eight, that's racist. And Gates has given him a million dollars. Million? Yeah, million. This day in history, um, March 3rd, 2020, Nancy Pelosi explained why she ripped up Donald Trump's State of the Union address. Go. That was not a State of the Union. That was a state of mind of the president at that time. He used the Congress as a backdrop for a reality show when he had absolutely no reality in his speech. I'm a speed reader. I could keep well ahead of him in the speech, and I saw page after page after page of misrepresentations and falsehoods, saying he was going to be protecting the pre-existing condition benefit when he's in court to tear it down. The list is a long one. I won't go into it. I tore that up. Okay. Now, you may have noticed last night, I think she has dentures because she's doing this all the time. I don't know what that was, I, but it got some attention on the Internet. All right. I'm going to answer a bunch of mail and then I've got a final thought on um, Joe Biden's final statement last night. We'll be right back. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. 
So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get to the mail. Uh, Jackie in Colorado, I'm not going to give you the last name or the town. Jackie says, I don't understand why someone doesn't go over and bomb the hell out of Moscow. Really, Jackie? You don't understand? Nuclear weapons? Does that ring a bell? Got to be sane here. Bruce Ludwig, Morgantown, West Virginia, since this was an unprovoked attack on Ukraine that will end in billions of dollars of damage under the direction of their governments, could the U.S. and European banks confiscate Putin and his cronies' money? They can seize the money, but it would have to be ruled in a war crimes tribunal that reparations had to be paid. I don't expect that will happen. Okay, and that's a U.N. thing. Raymond Potter, Jacksonville, North Carolina, where is the United Nations? Like you, I'm a simple man. What was the entire purpose of the U.N. to stop invasion of a sovereign nation by an aggressor? No, that was never the intent of the United Nations. They have no enforcement power. All it is is a symbolic uh, body where people get together and try to head off trouble. Esther, on the message board, Bill, you talk about when you print that much money, but right now I don't believe they are printing any new bills in Washington. That is not correct. This year alone, 10 million, quote, pieces of money will be printed by the Treasury Department. Pat Payne, Columbus, Ohio, in the State of the Union, did I correctly hear Biden was proposing a global minimum tax? Yes. He wants every nation in the world to impose a 15% minimum tax on corporations so the corporations can't move around. That's what he wants. Bill Nelson, Prosser, Washington. I've never seen so many empty seats for a State of the Union. That was COVID restrictions. That's why there were so many empty seats. Brian Pierce, West Boylston, Massachusetts. I think President Trump is sometimes a little too magniloquent for his own good. I think you are correct. Magniloquent was a word of the day earlier. It means bombastic. Magniloquent. Doug, concierge member. Way to go, Doug. Smart decision. Bill, I love the mugs. Drinking from a white one right now. Planted by every color you have when they come in. So we got three colors now, red, white, and blue. We're getting black ones. And uh, they're going to be nifty. I think that is the, the uh, black one to the far left there, um, but it's not. It's coming momentarily, so order it now because they will go. They're going like crazy. Harvey Kemper, Bella Vista, Arkansas. 
I receive great assurance when I watch the No Spin News and hear your radio program, O'Reilly. Your insight is comforting. I thank you and your staff for their hard work. You know, my staff is good. They're very good. Um, and they're young. All right. So I took uh, four people from Fox when I left, and they're in executive positions. Um, but the people we've hired, most of them are very good. So I'll be in Chicago to talk to everybody in Chicagoland on March 31st, Genesee Theater, Waukegan, Illinois. Get your tickets now. Love to see you. Um, Killing the Killer is getting a lot of good buzz. Uh, if you pre-order it from us, you get a, well, there's a book. Be out May 3rd. And you get a free bumper sticker. We get your 2020 vote yet if you pre-order Killing the Killers from us. And you will like this book. Word of the day, do not be petulant. P-E-T-U-L-A-N-T. Petulant. I know a lot of petulant people. I don't want you to be one. All right, we're going to take another quick break, and we will be back with the final thought of the day. Okay, final thought of the day is the final thing that Joe Biden said last night. Roll it. We are stronger today. We are stronger today than we were a year ago. And we'll be stronger a year from now than we are today. This is our moment to meet and overcome the challenges of our time. And we will, as one people, one America, the United States of America. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. Go get him. All right, so he's delusional. Uh, we're not better off today than we were a year ago, and we're not going to be um, better off one year from now than we are today. All right, this administration is a disaster. It's a historical disaster. 80% of the American people understand that. Some of them won't admit it. All right. But if you think that this country is stronger today than it was 12 years ago, you're as delusional as a president of the United States. There isn't any fact to back that up. With inflation, we're getting the heart ripped out of our economy. With Putin in Ukraine, it's just a catastrophe. With the far left dominating what the president says and does, it is an amazing thing to watch. I'm a historian, and I'm telling you the truth. Right now, only James Buchanan and Herbert Hoover are worse than Biden. And Biden's only been there one year. He got plenty of time to overtake them. And that is the truth, based on facts. But you know, he had to say that, and there's Kamala back there like a little seal. Yeah, Kamala doesn't know what the deuce is going on. Okay, so if that's the future of the Democratic Party, Republicans should be deliriously happy. All right. This is a immense problem. The Biden administration is an immense problem for this country. And that is the truth. No partisan blather here. All right. I respect smart Democrats like Joseph Lieberman, and I talk to them all the time. But Joe Biden, he's hurting all of us. Thank you for watching. We'll be back tomorrow. And thank you for listening as well on the radio. We'll see you then.